Uh, do you know him? Do you know him? Week number 10, study on prayer. We're in old, familiar territory because this prayer is once again a prayer of request. But the request is different. He's not asking for victory over the Assyrians. He's not asking like Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem. He's not asking like Hannah, I want to be pregnant. He's not asking like Moses, don't destroy the people. He's not asking like Abraham, don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The only time in ten weeks that we have not bumped into a request from God was last week when a pregnant girl named the Virgin Mary was giving thanks to God. One verse and 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 one verse. Not a single request. She was too busy giving thanks to God. And now we're past that. And we come to another request. But this request is so different than any other. It is the most important request you can ever make for another human being. Your son or your daughter, your spouse, your boss at work who is always so grumpy, person on the metro train who always looks so sad. It is the greatest request you can ever make. The Apostle Paul says, I pray that you might know him better. And the him is Jesus. Tuesday morning, week or two or three ago, I'm teaching in one of the classrooms over at school. First grade, second grade, third grade, don't remember. But I do remember asking this question of those children. Where does your food come from? And I thought they were going to say mom and dad. But in one united voice, they said, God. I said, where do your clothes come from? God. Where does your house come from? God. I said, how do you know that? They said, well, we just do. I said, where do you learn that? I said, besides the Bible, where else do you learn it? Mom and dad. Where else do you learn it? Our teachers. Where does it all come from? God. I pray that you might know the depth, the length, the width, the height of His love. Because if you know that, everything changes. Remember when you were young and you were in love with somebody? You couldn't stop thinking about them. Morning, afternoon, evening, you could hardly wait to hear their voice. Love had captured your hearts. You actually did some pretty foolish things when you look back upon those days. 
Apostle Paul says, I pray that he captures your heart so you fall in love with him. So first thing in the morning, in the middle of the day, and at night, he's the one that you're thinking of. There was a young lady a year or so ago, I know her pretty well, third grader last year, eight years of age. She did pretty good in other subjects, but spelling was an absolute monster for her. Her stomach would begin to hurt on Wednesday, even though the test wasn't until Friday. And work as hard as she would, and her mom and dad with her, she just could not spell. Sad thing to see. One day she came home and she told her mom and dad, close your eyes, turn around. And then quickly she said, okay, turn back, open up your eyes. And she had a paper there. It's a spelling test. 95%. And then the next week, 90. And then 100%. And then an 85%. And her mom and dad asked her, what's happened here? And she said this. I have a special teacher at school. Mrs. Thompson. She helps me to understand how to spell a word. She teaches me tricks to help me remember how to spell that word. The light bulb went off for this eight-year-old in this tiny little area of her life that affected so much. Her spelling test, the light bulb went off. She knew how to spell She could do it now. And when the light bulb went off in that tiny little area of her life, she became a different person. Far happier, far more confident than she had been. Eager to get to school. No more tummy aches on Wednesday and Thursday. Eager to see Mrs. Thompson. Eager for the challenge of the next spelling test. She no longer dreaded it. She had a weapon. She knew how to do this thing called spelling. So it is for any one of us when the light bulb goes off and we finally know how to bake or we finally know how to fix something. Life can be something of enormous joy, celebration. I pray that in four days when you gather together, that is what you are celebrating. I can see, I can hear, blood pressure is not too bad. My mind is still sound. I had cancer three years ago, five years ago, but by God's grace, I'm still here. But life can also be a monster. You and I know that. Do we have a weapon when life becomes a monster? That is what Paul says. I want you to know him better so that your heart falls in love with him and you have him everywhere you go, any circumstance you'll ever face. What does the word know mean? Uh, 
you Google it, one of the definitions is knowing certain facts because of study or observation. You know that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. You know he had, you know, 10, 11, 12 disciples, somewhere around there. You know that he, uh, his mother would marry a dad with Joseph. You know he's a carpenter's son. You know he died on the cross. You know he raised from the dead. But that's not what Paul is talking about. He doesn't say, I want you to know the facts about Jesus, so if I give you a confirmation test, you'll get 100% on it. That's not what he's talking about. The second definition of to know something is this. To know is to have developed a relationship with someone because you've met them and spent time with them and are familiar or friendly with them. You've come through storms with them. You've shared great moments with them. You know firsthand how they are, how they handle situations, and how they deal with people. When there's a funeral service, 80% of the time there's a eulogy. It is not given by a stranger. It is given by a family member. If they do not have the strength to do it, they now write it out. They'll give it to me to read or a family or friend to read. And when they talk about that individual, and I love when they do it because I get to know that individual so much better. When they talk about that individual, they just don't say, they're kind. They show how. And they don't just say, mom was patient. They have stories to back it up. Do you know him? You have stories to back it up. Things he's done in your life, in this church's life, fast forward celebration Sunday. Do you know him? And could you tell stories about him? I mentioned a man at LA Fitness back in June. The one who came up to me said, are you a pastor? Heard you were a pastor. Going through a divorce, child at Lurie's Children's Hospital, bankruptcy coming. And I talked with him for quite some time. Told him about my son Jonathan. He said, how'd you get through it? I said, God, I have God. I have Jesus. I suggested that he start reading the Bible. I suggested that he get a Christian devotion book. And he look at each devotion, look at the verse, read the verses before and after, read what the person has to say, and then you read it and write down your own stuff. Had not seen him in four months. Saw him yesterday. Came up to him and said, tell me how you're doing. He said, nothing's really changed. We're just further along. The divorce will be finalized first week in December. Bankruptcy, we're trying to work through that. My child is better, but he's got a chronic illness. And then I said to him, how are you doing? And he said, Paul, 
I have a weapon now that I didn't have back then. I have a weapon. I have him. I did what you suggested. I started reading devotion books, and now I read about three or four a day. And I can't stop opening up my Bible. And instead of being focused on the divorce or the bankruptcy of my child, I'm focused on the one who holds them in his hands. And I got goosebumps all over the place. Do you know him? Not the facts, but him. Thanksgiving will come, and there will be some who on Thanksgiving Day, you will not hear a single word about God on that day. They'll talk about family, they'll talk about food, they'll talk about football, but on Thanksgiving Day, you won't hear a single word about God. And that breaks my heart. And it'll break your heart. But the question is, when someone, perhaps you, suggests that we pray before we eat, will you mention God? All over the place, you'll mention Him. For your child, what's the greatest prayer you could ever offer to God? Lord, may my child know Jesus. For your spouse, what is the greatest prayer you can offer up to God? May my wife know Jesus better. May my husband know Jesus better. Your cranky old boss. Always so angry. What's your prayer for him? That he might know Jesus better. Do those miracles happen? I'll take you to L.A. Fitness. I'll introduce you to this man. What's the greatest prayer you can offer for that sad person on the metro train, your next door neighbor, the person just diagnosed with cancer? What's the greatest prayer you can offer that they might know Jesus better? Closing words. First Peter 1.8 Though we have not seen Him, we know Him and are filled with unspeakable joy. Second Timothy 1, he writes it from prison. I am convinced because I know Him that He is able to guard and watch over me here in prison. Psalm 27, verse 12 I know that I shall behold the goodness of God in the land of the living, though my enemies have me surrounded. Romans 8.28, I know all things work together for good to those that love Him. Psalm 23, written when he's 72 years of age, at the end of his life. Many theologians believe it's his last psalm. He looks back over his life and he says what? I know that the Lord is my shepherd. 
Green pastures, still waters, tables set before me in the presence of my enemies. I know him. Will you know everything if you know him? No, you will not. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Written to believers. Now you see, but through a glass darkly. Then you shall see face to face. Now you know, but part of the truth. Then you will know fully. Does Paul Strand have a why question for God when he gets to heaven? Certainly do. Do you have a why question for God? There are no one here. There's no one listening online that does not have a why question for God. But as long as you know Him, walking hand in hand with you, you're all right. He's above all earthly authority and power. And you walk with Him. So I'm testing you to see if you're awake. Where does your food come from? Where do your clothing come from? Where does your house come from? I'll move you up to second grade. Let me have a prayer with you. Lord, may your spirit do what the Apostle Paul asked be done 2,000 years ago. May you come to your children in this church, your children all throughout this country and this world. And may the Holy Spirit, the teacher, special ed teacher, may he make the light bulb go off. And may the greatest prayer that a pastor or priest could ever offer, may we know him better. And then everything changes. Confidence. Happiness, everything changes. The better we know him. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.